This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. Now on. You do as I tell you. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Caring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk about intersectional and inclusive feminism in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, and very warm-looking co-host, Monica. Hi, man. That's just a, that's just a facade. I just look warm. I am not warm. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But Money is yeah, it's- all wrapped up in a warm, fleecy sweater hug. Kinda, yes. Um... Yeah, because it's too cold. It turns out that my heating wasn't working as I thought it was. So I was sitting in the cold for too long, let's just say that. And I was like, I can do this. It's going to be fine. But I reached a point where I can't do it anymore. (laughs) No, no, it's cold. It's like it it took a long time for for it to be cold. Um, here in the UK, like it, it was coming in so slowly. It was like, this is basically summer. And then overnight it was like, this is the fucking middle of winter. <laughs> Honestly, it was so warm for so long. There was also like when I was thinking about what clothes to bring for the Christmas party this weekend, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be fine. I can wear like tights and a dress and stuff. I am not wearing tights and a dress. I even mm. bought like s- bought like new nice and no, not doing it. Too fucking cold. No Absolutely fucking way not. shall I be wearing a dress. No. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it was like too, it was almost tropical for like re- well, that's bullshit. But it was really warm for a very long time. It was time. too warm. It was so warm that the that we have like flowering bushes outside our house and they started to flower in november i was like this is not good this is really not good i mean they're they're on the edge of death now i guess Mm. oh poor flower bushes i know i was like oh oh no oh no no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it wouldn't matter what season the flowers i would have be living in because they're just gonna all die anyway Mm. even if they're the right one why why would they die (sighs) because i'm so shit with plants oh these are like outside bushes that i have no control you i would be able to kill those too (laughs) impressive impressive i'm actually doing really well with my plants they're they're thriving for the first time in my life nice cool I had a couple of succulents. I put them in the dining room. That was a bad idea because then I forgot I had them. And then they, mm-hmm. they now they all died a slow, painful death in the dining room. I'm because so I'm never in there. It's this fine. Is... They were just like tiny Ikea ones. If Charlie would hear this, he would be super upset with me. But we're not here to talk about our plants. Not today, no. That would be a cool Maybe episode, there is though. one episode out there. I don't know when. I don't know what I can contribute. Not a lot, but you know. <laughs> Hello, my name is Monica, and I kill all of my plants. Exactly. <laughs> I have a black thumb, and everybody goes, everything goes to die. <laughs> <laughs> 
We are here to talk about something way better. Well, for some people. I think it's way better. I also think it's way better. Cool. We are talking about Wakanda forever. Yay! Yay! So you just need to be aware that this is not a spoiler-free episode. So if you haven't watched it yet and want to watch it, then this and episode is not for you. And you want to avoid spoil- spoilers. Yes, you want to avoid spoilers. Then this episode is not for you. But you can come so back when you it. watched it and think. Yeah, pause it, go watch it, like right now, and then come back. Yes. You will not regret it as well. No, you won't. It's it's a fantastic film. We're spoiling our thoughts on, on it already. We loved it. <laughs> I mean, no one yes. is surprised that we loved it. I mean, I loved it, but unlike with the first one, I have a couple of things where I'm like, huh, I don't know how much I like that. But in general, I really like, I really loved it, and it was definitely the Marvel movie where I think I cried the most throughout the entire movie, uh-huh. like for different <laughs> reasons throughout the movie repeatedly. <laughs> I I cried a lot. Tom and I were yeah. in floods of tears at the beginning and like the cinema was quite s- full and we were, were pretty sure we were like the only ones crying and we were like <laughs> 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 like I had to go and get my tissues out and like get give tissues to both of us like it was it was so emotional it really was I was unlike you I was totally alone in this in my cinema <laughs> because <laughs> Because I did go to the English cinema in Graz, and I don't think that, and they have like they have it repeatedly there, right? So with re- like not just one, and I don't think a lot of people want to watch it in English too. So I was literally the only one in that entire cinema, which was a tiny fucking thing, but it was still pretty hilarious because I could just do whatever I want, and that was great. So I was just bawling my eyes out there on my own. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny. I don't know which is better. Sucking them back in or uh, just no, letting sucking it them go. back in is never better. No, it's not. <laughs> Tom says I was I buried my, my face in my scarf. I was crying hard. I was crying hard at the start. It was that damn silence on the Marvel Marvel intro. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this. Let's uh, let's talk about this. And I think that it's very apt, actually, that we are talking about this because the day of recording um, would have been Chadwick Boseman's forty sixth birthday. Happy birthday. Which is not, which is not, like we had no idea when we decided that we're going to record this episode today. And then Amanda sent me the tweet, which was like, look, Chadwick Boseman's birthday would have been today. And it was really, it's like, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. So how, how fucking fitting. Very fitting. And I, because I was actually on the edge of canceling today because I'm not feeling that good. And then I was like, no, we have to, we have to record (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> sure. yeah um so the beginning of wakanda forever is a funeral for t'challa yeah and it, and was, it was so beautiful so yeah. <laughs> sad <laughs> heartbreaking done again <laughs> no not not yet not yet <laughs> yeah it was like it was it was such a beautiful celebration of so much, I feel like. It was an honor and it was an obvious honoring of, of T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman in that regard. And it was like this massive celebration of like African culture and how they deal with death, I feel like. I don't mm-hmm. think you see this so often in movies the way they've been doing it here. Like it was like they've 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 not just like 
talked a bit about it, but they've like really, I feel like it, it felt like they really went out with it. Mm-hmm. And it was basically after they had already, so the queen, I forgot her name, Ramonda. There mm-hmm. we go. <laughs> um, had already lost her husband previously and now they've lost a child or two and illness shuri tried to um save him but couldn't and so t- uh, ramonda and shuri were the only ones basically left in that family and ramonda became queen of wakanda um after the passing of her husband and her son <sighs> and so you saw all of that a bit in the beginning so with the funeral of how she's the queen now and how they celebrated him and his and i mean this was like this it was just like goosebumps all over on not only the celebration of the death, like the celebration of and but also um but also how they then the how, the way they did it with the coffin and things. I just thought that was also just this is all just went right into the fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the <clears throat> excuse me, the um the emblem of the Black Panther on top of the coffin and and just the whole like carrying it and then the women walking behind it and like it, it was it was so emotional like that and then like the actual coffin getting taken away it did the most um Wakandan thing ever like it went up into a spaceship <laughs> or like a flight mm. like about uh, an airplane like it went up and um it flew off with with his with his coffin and it was like that part was unexpected to me but it was it, it also made it because then right after that it went into this absolutely silent marvel intro um and the whole thing was just images and and scenes of um chadwick Boseman over the over the films the history of the films and that silence that's that's when we all started to cry <laughs> it was so much it was a lot <laughs> And I think they've really done well a really done. good job with honoring him as much as they could, I feel. Mm-hmm. When I don't, when I didn't look that up, and I don't know if you know, um, because obviously that was kind of like, they didn't cast him with the knowledge that he's not going to be around for the second movie that they're going to bring out. So I'm wondering if that storyline um, about about what happens to the Black Panther is actually accurate to the comics or if that's something that they put together after Chadwick Boseman died? I don't know for sure, but I think like they had it first. Like there there was the question of whether they would recast um Black Yeah, I re- like I, I which, do recall that Yeah, which to me would indicate that it wasn't um that this isn't part of the storyline and that they have obviously veered off from the comics now um, in honor of Chadwick Boseman because he's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I do. I mean, aside from the obvious um, lack of T'Challa, I really like where they're taking the Wakandan storyline. Yeah. Like, and and I I couldn't imagine an alternative, if that makes sense. Like now that I've seen it, I was like, this just is a, like, it makes sense in the overhaul overall like marvel storyline but also it's really sad i mean it would have been super like if they would have cast any other black men to be the black panther that would almost i mean it's so hard because you say it would almost be impossible to to fill this role at the same time a lot of roles have been filled over the over the course of history where you're like They've done a really great job with it still. Like, you wouldn't kind of know, but I feel like it's really, 
nice, respectful kind of, which doesn't happen very often. And I mean, you also we also don't know if that's how it's gonna stay for the rest of the cinematic universe in that regard. But but you'd be like, but for now it seems like something that hasn't happened a lot. Mm-hmm. That somebody is not, even though the storyline would tell you to continue with someone else as Black Panther, some other um, black man as Black Panther, that would then, like, this seems like the first time that they're not doing this, at least for now, mm-hmm. which I think is really a big gesture too, I feel. It honors what he has brought to this series and to the MCU, basically, mm-hmm. also as an actor and as a person. Which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. It um, it honors the legacy of of Chadwick Boseman and and Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Mm. Um, yeah. Yuffie says she wore whitened colors of her indigenous ancestors to the cinema, and she wasn't the only one. A lot of moviegoers also wore white in the theater, oh, which so I think nice. is amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's, so cool. That's really cool. That's nice. Nice gesture from the cinema goers for mm. sure. Um, so I think, I don't know what you think, Moni, but I, I felt like this entire film was about processing, um, mm-hmm. like pretty much the entire story. Every character that you meet is in some way working through grief and yeah. it left, despite it being like a fantastic film, it, it was heavy. Like it was not an easy watching film. I think there were, for me, there were kind of two things at the same time. On the one hand, I feel this movie was a massive celebration of black women Mm -hmm. like this was i feel they tried a bunch of things there and you say yes grief this was one thing that goes through it all but i feel like this seems to i i think how do you say this i think when you've experienced grief to a certain degree and we all have experienced grief obviously but some grief hits harder than other grief sometimes so when you've hit this certain amount of grief in your life, you you live with this grief any like you live with it all the time. So it's kind of always this undertone to life and how you deal with it, which doesn't seem like it, and you don't always hear it if you don't haven't experienced this li- this level of grief in a way. So so you like you don't see this, but now I feel like. Sometimes then you start to see it more often and in way more stories than you ha- wouldn't have seen before, mm-hmm. and so I feel like this is one of those where you're like this movie is a lot about grief. Yes, but I also think that maybe not everybody w- who has not been on this grief journey this, in a similar way, and we all, as again, we all kind of have been, would not have all totally noticed that with a lot of because as you say it's been for the lot of different characters in a lot of different settings in a lot of different ways um i don't know how obvious this is to everyone technically because there's so many stories at the same time that were going on Mm -hmm. which i would kind of say this is one of the things where i'm like where i think they try to they try to pack a lot of stuff in this movie Mm -hmm. which made it a bit full with content in a way Mm-hmm. yeah that's a because good point. not because not only do you have like the storyline of wakanda and what is going on with the royalty there like who is the queen or the ruler now and 
then you have the lack of the Black Panther. What is happening with that? So Ramonda, Ramonda is not the new Black Panther, but so that is missing. So so it's like the story of the royalness and the the, the kingdom, and then there's the story about the Black Panther, and that one's gone. Then there is the story about um the, this this second um these new people that show up all of a sudden that nobody knows who they are that look a lot that remind you a lot of avatar people in a way because they're all blue so this this additional uh civilization that nobody knows exists it seems like that's a, it's a separate story in itself and then you have the story within there where like how did who is that person who is their leader how did they come to be how is their i feel there were so many stories in this this time mm-hmm. then you have yeah. the story of nakia is that her name i mm-hmm. think that was her name i feel there were so many different kinds of aspects this time which made it like really a bit convoluted in a way which i think they still if they're considering all of that it was like under three hours the movie like this you still got a lot done like they still it wasn't like massively confusing but it's that thing when you have so much story to get across like there's just sometimes stuff is gonna fall through in a way mm-hmm. and i feel like in some areas where i'm like oh i wish that that was a bit too fast for me or that would have i would have loved to see this a bit differently or see some pro some the process here here in a different way mainly because but ma- obviously we have like a limited amount of time here and so many stories so you need to like um be on the spot for more on the spot for some than you would have otherwise been yeah um some of the the characters hit a bit harder for me than others like with their storylines with grief like i really felt shuri's avoidance of of it like i really felt that um and like ramonda taking her to like try to start that healing process um like i i thought that that was probably a very relatable expression of grief um because i mean who wants to think about the hard stuff right (laughs) (laughs) i mean mood um like we all like most of us I think, um, are more into avoidance rather than dealing with our feelings. Mm. Um, Moni, you can back me up here. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> the thing is you only realize later that mm-hmm. it, the avoidance, does, avoidance doesn't get you anywhere because it will no. come to haunt you eventually anyway. And for some people it takes longer than for others, but it will come back to haunt you in one way or the other. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's not, you're not really avoiding it. You're just postponing it and putting it in a pressure cooker and wait for it to explode. And that's what's happening. And it's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. you're never, nobody ever in history said, I sat that one out because I avoided it for so long until it didn't matter anymore. That just, that's just never the outcome with anything. Nope, never. <laughs> and and um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that over the course of the film, like Shuri does kind of come to that realization. Like she she goes through all these emotions and like processing like avoidance and and pushing on like, you know, she has to be the savior of everything and like she has to go and and Okoye trying to get her out to like go on these missions and then 
uh, she's trying to go her own way and like be the strong person, even though she still is dealing with all of this stuff inside. And then she goes through like this really anger, um, anger arc, um, you know, and that's totally understandable because, you know, you're allowed to be angry when somebody you love dies. And um, mm. I think that's only natural. And so seeing that play out in her storyline was really powerful because you don't often see media depictions of women being angry in like about about something like this. Mm. What I didn't really enjoy, like, yes, I see what you like. I get what you mean. And I totally agree with you that that anger is something that is necessary and needs to be visible and things. What I didn't fully enjoy was her revenge arc mainly because they've built her her up um story wise for me in her story before there wasn't really that massive room for that revenge arc in it so so, the way they tried to then um tell the story and i would like to have more explanation on why she saw killmonger and what what that exactly like i feel like i have this gap there what happened there mm. with her ba- and for me those two bits they don't connect somehow mm-hmm. um my interpretation of that was that she has been trying to avoid like the hard feelings for so long and killmonger is like yes feed into your dark side like keep avoiding them and choose revenge and choose that like anger and be that darker person and I, taking that moment of like her weakness to manipulate her a little bit what it was a bit the moment in which he showed up for me like it's not that like i've i've, I've watched the first one not fully i just had it running in the back while i was doing something else the other day and i don't feel like they had this some kind of connection even in this first movie like they were more two characters for me at least running next to each other unreal like obviously she was offended and it was all tragic and blah blah he took the crown blah 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 and he was but and all that but there wasn't this like there wasn't this general connection of them and i know that they are like um related so he's as much as her ancestor as anyone else is but because there wasn't this, and you know that there sometimes can be like people on opposite sides that still, still for some reason have some kind of connection, even though they disagree and there is something there. But for me, there was nothing between them, those two, in, in a way, aside from him, because it was always more about, about T'Challa and the crown and everything. And so that he showed up for her in her transition to the black panther was confusing me Mm. and yes he's just as much as an ancestor and he can show up as much as he and stuff like i can i can see that but for me at least i feel that even in this state of the ancestor shows show up for you for me there would be some kind of deliberate situation of you don't know who you want who will show up for you, but it is somebody that cares about you. And he didn't really give a shit about anyone. Mm. And least, least of all about Shuri. He and and it felt so weird that it happened in this moment because it was not about him. Mm-hmm. So why is he here? 
you know and like that was this where i'm like it's not about you it's about her and about and she can she could have gotten angry with i feel with everyone else it's like even if like her mother showed up there or her father showed up there or it's a child showed up there and stuff like um even then i feel like there would have been room for her to still be angry Mm. and still like go for that revenge but he felt so ir- misplaced for me in that moment because i'm like why are you here like you're yes i get that it's like the channel channeling her to for the revenge and 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 because he's that well let's call it weak link in this ancestry situation somehow well aside from maybe his father or whatever but but where, where he he demanded what he thought he deserved and like what he thought was right and i can see why that was the a good good fuel to good good can of oil to fuel her revenge but for me it didn't make sense that he was there yeah i do see that i i understand what you're saying completely it was a bit yeah misplaced but there i'm sure there was a reason that yeah that they that they chose killmonger as the as the the guide the person um, yeah Yuffie said there was an audible gasp when he showed up on screen. I wasn't expecting it from no, you or not. from the <laughs> from the entire movie. Just everyone uh, cinema. <gasps> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be but, the first time an entire cinema reacted to something spectacular. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I also think that Shuri's revenge plot, even though like it didn't really feel like it was her her character it was mirroring name Nam- namor's namor's um revenge plot um yeah. and like avenging his his mother and and keeping like because he was definitely holding on to that grief and he's been alive for a very long time because apparently um he's so old they are what what are they what was their tribe called the taco something no. uh Talokan. Halloween, oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, like they are apparently like pretty much immortal <laughs> or something. Like they live for a very, very, very long time. So he has been holding onto this grief for like years. I think they decades. said it in the movie, but I forgot about it. If yeah. it was hundreds of thousands of years, I think there's like some. I have like thousands of years in my head, but it no, I think it's hundreds be because right. yeah, um, because when um, just if you haven't seen the movie. I go see it. Um, it was a mes- um, Mesoamerican inspired nation, like in Mexico, and there was um, scenes of like the Spanish conquistadors coming and taking uh, violently taking the land from the mm. uh, the, na- the native the indigenous population there, um, and then they became these immortal blue beings, except for Namor and his and his mother, who still re- re- retained their like human features. Um, they could just breathe Is underwater. Is Namor mortal? He, he can't be. He's like hundreds of years old. Yeah. Yeah, never and mind. That was yeah. a stupid question. Um, so and he can breathe underwater. So, I mean, and live underwater. I don't know. But then he can also breathe normal air without having the, like, water mask on. The other ones mm-hmm. But, but yes, anyways, sorry, the revenge plot with the two of them. Um, like, there are their plot lines. Not like the two of them revenge plot lines two different meanings you know very similar sayings two very different meanings (laughs) um it mirrored each other and i think like they were both holding on to this pain namor for a lot longer than shuri and like trying to get revenge for for the pain that they feel and in the end like they realize that 
holding onto this revenge and trying to destroy each other was just going to end up destroying themselves. So there was really only one solution and that was to stand side by side and to let the, let, let the revenge in the past hurts kind of go um, to mm-hmm. start to heal from that because mm-hmm. yeah, two re- like wildly powerful nations would have just destroyed each other. And the world with it, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I mean, he was ready for it. I don't think he gave a shit. No, he anymore. was ready to watch the world burn. Mm. Um, how do you like? How do you generally think the introduction of this nation? What do you think? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I was like, my first thoughts. Not gonna lie, I was like, damn, I didn't know that Wakandans could do underwater shit. <laughs> And then I was I like, that. oh, they're they're not Wakandan. <laughs> yeah, I had like a massive avatar moment there. Maybe mm. also two seconds because I had the in the advertisement for Avatar 2 just before. The <laughs> I did too, so yeah. Like, oh, okay, I've seen that before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, in general, I am really, really, really intrigued by this, this storyline. Um, I found out and I said to you just before we started recording that um, Namor has was introduced in the Marvel comics in 1939. 1939. That's a really long time ago. Yeah. Um, he was uh, also known as Submariner because obviously he can do underwater stuff. And um, he was at one point described as the first mutant. Um, so He said like, that in the movie too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So he's like kind of linked to, you know, the X-Men and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. Like, he kind of borders all sorts of Marvel storylines. Um, and I'm genuinely quite excited that we're introduced to to him now um, to see what kind of storylines that we're going to get with this. Because, I mean, number one, Telokin, or I'm pretty sure it's basically Atlantis, right? An underwater city. Um, yeah. Like, it, it looks amazing. And I, I'm just like, tell me all of this story. Tell me all of it, please. Thank you. Yeah, I can see that. You don't share my thoughts. (laughs) Well, I share your thoughts. Objectively, I share your thoughts. Because I think it's it's great that we got an introduction to um, more like South American culture or Central American culture and and history and and like celebrating that as well, right? So we have the African storylines and the black storylines with 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 um, which we haven't had have never have enough of, obviously, uh, unfortunately, not obviously. Um, so 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 that's like Wakanda is already and Black Panther is already like a celebration of all of that, which we should see in all of different movies and cinematic and things anyway. So I enjoyed that there was this introduction to this side of the world, this other side of the world with their culture and their stories, because I mean, obviously, you see the guy and you think you're weird, like you have like like wings on your feet, like uh, Hermes. And but it's also like a separate kind of godly storyline too. I would I would assume like the like the northern storylines that are taken within Marvel with Thor and Odin and Loki and all of them, all of these. So I like that that we get this introduction into this South American, Central American um, stories. Love that. Super here for it. I found the character was weird. Like, what is with this? What is why? Why do? Why can you fly? 
And I have this weird, like, because of the wings, the wings kind of weird. It was this weird combo of him being a fish and a bird. Somehow, well, not, but like, kind of. Like, huh? And I somehow have a really underwater things make me really uneasy. Mm. And in this particular case, it was really so dark, too. Like, I've watched Aquaman and stuff in Atlantis. (laughs) And... And that, he's a fly fish. Those are a thing, right? Charlie says. <laughs> so I've watched, I've watched Aquaman, obviously, with like Jason Momoa, obviously. And I don't recall this being so dark. Like because you see them when they when they swim to um, Talokan, how he has to go like down, 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 down because it's so dark there. And I love that everything otherwise, like, theoretically, I love everything about it. But, uh, but like, subjectively, when I see it here seeing this, this is almost my mer- worst nightmare. <laughs> like, it's like underwater levels in video games make me feel a bit uneasy. And this is kind of the same, even mm. though I know they can breathe and everything. But I'm like, wow, this is so like, I'm just keep imagining this pressure and I get like secondhand claustrophobia just thinking about it. That's what kind of weirded me out about it. And they're all so angry. And and, and mm. again, it's like fair and, and like based on the story, this is all understandable. <sighs> but... <sighs> Why do we all need to like anger? Does like the, this kind of anger and holding on to this kind of anger won't get? It's not get like it's just causing pain to other people, mm-hmm. and that's basically his mission, and that's what he ended on as well. Like he 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 defeat well he that's not the word he gave up on like Shuri was like I'm either gonna kill you or we're gonna work together um, because otherwise we're, we're both gonna die anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was then afterwards somebody from the the fighter one of the one of his fighter people that are close to him was like, I thought we were gonna fight, and I was ready to fight for you until basically the end of days, and now you're like going into cahoots with them and whatever, and then he's like, I am just telling them what they want to hear because in the end they're going to turn to us and we're going to be massive and it's all going to be... And it's just just, just this fake-ass plot and it's already pissing me off. <laughs> well, it's tying into the next Avengers movie, um, Secret Wars, which is going to be where, like, Namor and Shuri are, are you know, leading this new new generation, new phase of Avengers into the next thing. So, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, the Mary Sue. Um, so, like, <laughs> there, there is a purpose for all of this, and it's furthering yeah. the phase, the next phase of Marvel films. Um, and I just want to go back to your point about the wings on his ankles, um, because, like, yes, they are kind of strange. They're like these teeny tiny little ankle wings um, that can carry around this really buff man um, with no issues. Um, so. In 1939, when Namor was first introduced, um, Submariner first introduced, he had these little tiny little ankle wings. Um, And I think that they were keeping uh, true to the comics because they changed, I think, a lot about his storyline and his background and everything um, to... In the movie. In the movie. mm -hmm, Okay. 
to, you know, bring in more tribes, make it more uh, in line with 2022, um, make it more inclusive. And I mean, we don't really need an excuse to feature like Central American civilizations because no. we just, we like, we need more of them. And this is a perfect opportunity. Yes. We don't need another white man story. So let's bring this in. Um, so I'm going to quote from this article because it's fantastic. So the article says about Namor, he's strong, he's shirtless, he's in a Speedo. And most importantly, he always has those cute little wings on his ankles um, because (laughs) the wings are perfect. In the comics, the wings represent his mutant ability to fly. And when he loses the wings, he loses flight. They feel more symbolic and mystical than actual appendages capable of lifting a human body and propelling it through the air. But delightfully, Ryan Coogler, the director and the MCU said, Suck it, physics. Those bad boys are going to flap. And so for Namor's screen time in the two-hour and 40-minute feature, they do. They flippity-flap and hum and buzz like little hummingbird wings, and I love it with my whole soul. And Namor (laughs) is able to not only swim faster than a torpedo, but he also flies with a speed and agility comparable to Superman. And it all is all thanks to those little flippy flappies. <laughs> they move <laughs> Namor's big, muscly body around without a care in the world, defying gravity, biology, and logic. A visual homage to both the Greek god Hermes and the Golden Snitch. They are both beautiful and absurd. They are fun and extremely impractical. They are the representation of everything I love about superhero comics, and I love that they were included in his big screen debut. Science might say they shouldn't exist, but then again, science says bumblebees shouldn't be able to fly either. I knew that the bumblebee was going to come up now. (laughs) I knew it. Um, The flippity-flap kind of bored Yuffie because Yuffie is the the resident, residing uh, birth lady. And Mm -hmm. I felt bad for the chicken wings. (laughs) And I mean, I know, I like... I know this is bullshit when I say it bothered me with uh, with with Namor, but I'm totally fine with this on Hermes. Like, what the fuck is that? What kind of internalized fucking racism do I have got going on? Mm. But I've also never have barely seen Hermes flying around with them either. So like, I just it was just this weird combination for me in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even recognize the spike ears until they mentioned them, to be fair. It was just like, whatever. I didn't notice that. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I... The the wings didn't bother me. What bothered me is, like, he seemed so OP. It was like, how is anybody mm. supposed to beat this bastard? Like, he is so powerful. Above water, underwater, out of water, flying, like, d- damn, like, where's Captain Marvel? Is she the only one that can take him, you know? <laughs> so what they then did figure out was that, what was it, heat kind of dried him out and then he lost his powers because he yeah, got he the power from the Yeah, he needed to keep replenishing himself in the water. Mm, yeah. Um. So and they had to take skin. him to the, the desert or put him in a ship and, like, take all the heat out of the air, like... Um, yeah, dehumidify the air. It's like hot. a field day for Yuffie and her biology, honestly. Knowledge. <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm. um, but I really like his character. I, I, I don't read the comics. We all know this. Um, but yeah. like, I like that this interpretation of of him. And I mean, I did not hate watching him. 
<laughs> I understand. What do you mean? Yes, he was nice to look at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think he was my favorite to look at, though. But now when I think of what's my favorite to look at, then I can't think of anything. Also, can I just say, Shuri gives me massive Envy vibes. Envy? Envy. Non-binary oh. vibes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Just just putting that out there. Like, that's, this, this is just a theory for me. And mm. could be of total coincidence. But and obviously, pr the way you present has nothing to do with, with your identity either. But I was like, huh. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it that. still fits, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the main plot of this movie was that the CIA had come... Uh, what's the word? Come across, found commissioned i don't know this weapon this this thing this robot thing machine machine that's the word i've been looking for I was it's like, a machine what are you trying to we're say? going for machine um that because it did nothing did anything and i was like what what's she talking about yeah. anyway yes, the machine. cia commissioned or slash found or slash stole this machine that can detect Vibranium. Vibranium. My brain was just like, <laughs> I yeah. totally saw you blank on what they were looking for, the thing. <laughs> I <can't laughs> like, I couldn't even forget the word machine. How was I supposed <laughs> to remember vibranium? <laughs> um, That's why there's two of us here. Yes, thank you. Um, so this machine can find vibranium. And that's how we're first introduced to the... Um, to to Lokans, um, because they, they find this... Uh, vibranium vein under the sea um, and it turns out as we find out more that it's actually a, a young college student um, that developed this machine um, I love that about it called Rai Rai um, was her in game in game was her character's name Rai Rai and um, she is just <laughs> like what a 20 early 20 year old yeah Super woman brain. Who, super brain. And like um she might be my new favorite character. Um like I was so blown away by just her casual awesomeness and her casual <laughs> smarts and like how just just like she was so fucking cool. Um also smart. so ridiculously unaware about her own abilities like obviously she obviously she knows she has skills because she's just creating everything but it means nothing to her mm -hmm. so, so so it's really dangerous because it means nothing to her she just loves creating this and being like super smart and and super mechanical and like super built things she's just so into this because mm -hmm. i need to go to school and i need to have like differential equation and stuff so she is like really into all of this and doesn't give a shit that she just created a machine that can detect whatever it's like casually building like the at the nuclear bomb and not even like pfft. you know like it's so casual with all of this mm -hmm. which was just made it really fun yeah and like plus like not only is she developing this machine for the vibranium which is cia is desperate to get replaced because uh they it got busted up by the telokins um but she also has created her own like iron man suit um and yeah over the film we see it in in two different 
instances, like the first kind of build, I suppose, and then like fighting in that. And then later on, she actually dons it for the big battle between the Wakandans and the Tolokans. And um, it's really, really awesome to see like this 20, early 20s woman has just casually built a fucking flying suit that yep. can go pew pew and is like at the same level as Tony Stark was after oh, being yeah, in his like genius billionaire laboratories and she's just like building this in a warehouse like an abandoned yep. warehouse yeah and it's like whoa damn girl mm. and as you like, said I loved all the black uh, as fucking stem reference 100 yeah. yeah like just it was it mind was just, blowing yeah, this entire movie was just an ode to the power of black women, I feel, especially yeah. black women. Obviously, black people and black culture in general, but black women were like the thing in this movie and had mm-hmm. so many different roles and and aspects. You had Ramonda, you had Okoye, you had Shuri, you had Nakia, you had Rai Rai. Like, they just did so much epic shit throughout this entire movie. Like... You, you could see, and I just love this about the at the very beginning of the movie when they, you just could see, like, they had this meeting with the big nations and the US and France were like, we want your vibranium. And uh, they never tried it before because men were in power, but Ramonda was just sitting there being like, mm-hmm. fuck you. <laughs> um, not with me. You might think I'm weak now, but I'm no, no, no way am I weak. And my army of epic women warriors... Mm-hmm. They're gonna show and they, you too. Like, how come I think into we are. this Congress, like with all of the these these men who tried to stealthily like enter their laboratory and steal this vibranium, and 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 their warriors just like walked in with them. Like, yeah. you you mean these these guys, these guys that did not only <laughs> failed, but also proves that um, you're breaking all accords here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. I just loved everything about that. Like all of these stories, uh, so they were just so just made me so happy seeing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the same time, I'm like, oh, they should not make like they should not be so rare that you sit there and are like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is so great and stuff. It's just, <sighs> but I like I do think that this continues to be something that the MCU is doing a really fantastic oh, yeah. job of, like. Ryan Coogler getting to direct and and like write these stories um, featuring black culture and starring this incredible powerful black cast and and this this one in particular we're kind of forever bringing in like the Mesoamerican cultures as well and and showing like the horrors that were that were done to that to uh, to them like 500 years ago and like these are the stories that we need to to hear yeah. and and celebrate yeah. especially like like the, this excellence is everywhere and yep. more stories like this please and thank you mcu for doing this because i do th- they're leading the way in it yeah and you just always and then i think is so you just always see that obviously stories told by the people it affects are way better than stories mm-hmm. told by straight white men who think they can tell the story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because um yeah Mm-hmm. And um, we're reading Bad Feminist in book club this month, and that's something that she talks about um, is is like stories that are told by white people, like black stories that are told by white people, and they just are 
so full of performativeism and like stereotypes and um, like white saviorism. Um, and they're just not great. Like they don't hit hit. Like they're just they're just not good representations of you know what black culture is and what black culture is actually like. And it's we need more people, more black people telling stories of black culture. Yeah. Um. One hundred percent. And like, also, can we talk about Nokia? Yes. And her number one going on like her stealth mission to rescue Sherry. Um. And like just one one woman armying that shit. Like she was just unreal there. Um, I felt like that was another powerful moment of of black excellence and like yeah. just just really showcasing like how amazing women are. <laughs> hmm Yeah, I agree. And I had at the end I did not see coming. No. I was like, I mean, as soon as I saw saw them walk up to the fire i i was sat in the cinema again on my own and i was like <gasps> and i had like a feeling of it as well and as soon as as, as i saw it in the back but i had no inkling up mm-hmm. until this point where i then saw her with the boy um that this was actually gonna happen mm-hmm. so it was just that was just that was something that i did not expect at all mm-hmm. yeah that was such a powerful incredible moment of like wow um and then like talking about about the reasons for keeping the child secret and yeah like, that T'Challa had spoken to them of his illness when like he didn't even speak to the people in Wakanda about it like he kept mm-hmm. that under wraps and like what this would mean and why the child needs to keep secret for now and like that he doesn't want them coming to the funeral and like mm-hmm. all of this and like unpacking of these emotions and then the shuri just being like holy shit <laughs> yeah i also love that she was asked she asked if her mother knew yeah and that she knew i also really like that because it showed some Showed me that she respected all because often you have these storylines of you are the ancestor and you need to do as I do and you need to step into my footsteps and the one that come after you need to do mm-hmm. the same. But she didn't like she respected their decision to keep their son away from all of this. Well, but then I also wonder did she only just find out when she went to get Nakia? Like just a few weeks earlier. Oh, could have been. Yeah, could have. Um, like that's that's when when I assumed that she found out. Um, maybe. Yeah. But I, I mean that that's not explicitly said either way. No. But that that was my assumption. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, the way I, I interpreted I agree, it in the like, moment was that she knew. Yeah. Yeah. And and like respected that. Um. And yes, like yeah. Yuffie said when when the when the kid said his name. Oh, and. And he just said it with such pride. He was like, that's that's my Haitian name. This is my oh, real no. name. And it was just like this moment it of... Was so, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That th- th- There came the waterworks. <laughs> there yeah, many, there's so, many... there were so many waterworks during this entire movie for me. Oh, yeah. I also yeah, just didn't expect Ramonda to, to go as well. Like, what shit was that even? Was there was shit. already so much death and then all of a sudden she's also dying and I'm like, no, I'm uh, not here for that. Yeah. Like, uh, no, thank you. No. <laughs> no, thank you. No. But there we were crying in the cinema again. Mm-hmm. Again. <laughs> again. Too many cries. Too many cries. 
Um, it was so good. What do you think about um, Everett Ross, about Martin Freeman's role here? I've seen a lot of people saying that they think that he is the most useless character. Um, this, like, CIA agent who's on the Wakandan side. Um, I have such a soft spot for Martin Freeman. Well, I do too. <laughs> Ever since I have seen him in... Um, uh, back the Adam Douglas fuck me what's it called the Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy there we go there you go <sighs> you got there eventually <laughs> I got there eventually he I just loved him so much in that movie mm -hmm. and even I know that a lot of people don't really like that movie especially the ones who read the books and everything I get all of that I haven't read the books before I've seen the movie anyway I really loved him in that movie, and ever mm -hmm. since this, ever since then, whenever I see him in any role, I am just so I'm just I just have this soft spot for him because I always and I think he's a really good actor. Mm -hmm. So I'm like I wasn't yes when you think about what he brings to the story, shit all. <laughs> um, but I also think that. There will be additional storylines because that lady, mm -hmm. and I think he's one of the, isn't she the new head of Hydra or something? I, I think so. Um, like she was definitely someone evil. Like she yeah, went in, Val in some Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yeah. Um, and she is, she showed up, was it the end of Black Widow she showed up um, to recruit... Um, oh yeah yeah and then exactly. she was in another one so there is um the, she, she showed up in something like, else as well didn't she i can't think of what uh, it was but she has been showing up in wandavision like, i kind of have in my head for some reason but i don't know if that's true maybe not but yes um so yes so the fact that that's that they are ex-husbands, ex-husbands, ex-married people, divorced people. Oh, I didn't um, get that. Oh, they it, were. Yes, yeah. Um, and yes, Charlie oh, is right. It was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, thank you. That's exactly what it was. Thank, and thank you to Wikipedia. Um, Charlie's so smart. Charlie's so smart. Um, so, like, there is definitely something here um and i think that they're going to develop this storyline because obviously um i need to keep going back and forth because names are just escaping me um everett ross is obviously like playing the the side of the wakandans the avengers like the the superhero side um mm -hmm. and then valentina is playing the the cia like evil side um and yeah there's there's gonna be I, I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. And and the fact that like the Wakandans rescued him at the very end um, mm -hmm. as well, um, because he got arrested for aiding the Wakandans, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they rescue they him. They probably and will call treason or something. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I don't hate his character. Um, I kind of feel yeah. a, a bit like he's maybe going to be our new Phil Coulson. Um, I would be here for that. Mm -hmm. I'd like that. Yeah, like he's he's you know the good guy, U.S. government kind of agent who's on the side of all these superheroes. And he like is government ripped, liaison. Though. Jesus, when so did that happen? Phil Carson or Phil Coulson? No, I mean <laughs> no, no, 
Oh, Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, that's true. When did that happen? I know like Phil Coulson is like this massive, like what martial arts guy anyway. Oh, yeah. So that didn't yeah, surprise Clark me. Clark Gregg like, is in is in like jujitsu and stuff, and he is like, hello. <laughs> yeah, and Martin, but Martin Freeman was never. He was always this quirky kind of weirdo with like a I don't know soft spot in the middle or something, and now he mm-hmm. just looks like this full on ripped guy and i'm like Ooh, what happened here what so happened here curious. thank you <laughs> yeah it's probably training for something i would assume mm. i mean training i would for, make like training for this <laughs> yeah you think he would just train for this 20 Why minutes not? that you see them in this movie Maybe. Why not? <laughs> um because it's a lot of effort yeah i, I mean, mean like he's he always been pretty money. hot you know um in like kind of a dorky way it, that's what I mean. He was always a kind of dorky and always a bit softer, you know? Like, not mm-hmm. that he was, like, round in the middle or whatever, but he was always this squishy one. Like, mm. you just want to be like, oh, you're so cute. Nah. And now he's like, whoop, what's happening? Whoop. Maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I like yeah. him. Me too. I always like too. seeing him in movies, just so, because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you're cute. You're, you're, I do. You're I, I like I like you. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts about the film that you want to bring up no i think we've been through a lot of different doors today not Mm -hmm. very coherent but no but when are we ever anyone in chat have anything that you'd like to bring up about the film um speak now or join us in discord and talk about it there no but it was in general great movie really loved Mm -hmm. it yeah same curious what's coming next oh yeah it's made me so excited for the next installment the next phase of marvel because i think we mm-hmm. must be quite near the end of this one now um phase phase five yeah um are we we must be i've kind of lost track in what phase we're in now yuffie says she loved it great movie so many emotion can emotions can't wait for hmm. yeah i agree i agree can't sign that um sorry no i think we're at phase four this might be the end of phase four yeah we're towards the end Let's see. This is the last film. She-Hulk was the last TV show. Was and it? In phase four. In phase four, yeah. And then there is like, there is a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming up. And something else called Werewolf by Night, which I don't think is out yet. That holiday special is already on Disney+. Plus. Okay, well then that's, that's, the, um, that's it. We're at the very end of phase four, which means that phase five is going to be coming up next year starting with ant-man and the wasp and guardians of the galaxies uh volume three cool um, and then uh, look, looking into the tv shows we've got what if season two which you didn't even finish what if did you i didn't finish, you should no. it's very good um we're gonna get loki and Ironheart, which is gonna be following rai rai um and her is cool. it yeah oh she's i have iron heart on my marvel snap i've seen her there mm-hmm. <laughs> that's who she is um and yeah so we're getting like i'm looking at fi- phase five i'm getting quite excited um so yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be good um yeah i'm so excited for loki you don't even know oh i know Loki, oh, I know. Loki, Loki. Um, ah, yeah. So, and that's so such cool things coming. There is, and I mean, a lot of cool hundred and hundred and one additional series, I suppose. Um, seven. What if season two, Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki season two, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and Daredevil: Born Again. 
Agatha Coven. Oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And then our films are Ant Man and the Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, The Marvels, Captain America: New World Order, Thunderbolts, and Blade. I'm so excited for mm-hmm. the yeah. So in Thunderbolts, we're gonna see more from um, Valentina as well because she is cool. gonna be one of the stars of that one. Um, yeah, so lots to look forward to. Um, Amazing. And what a way to end phase four, though. Like, what a way. Yeah, was, oh, yeah, that makes it even more special. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Yeah. I obviously wasn't paying attention, so that's why I didn't. Okay, I'll, I'll keep Cool. That's why there's two of us. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's yeah, it. if you have anything um, they want to talk about, listeners, please join us in Discord. Um, apparently, we don't talk about our Discord enough because um, we have a longtime listener who just joined us the other day um, who didn't know we had a Discord. So we have a new <laughs> Discord. It's not new. It's two years old, two and a half years old. But please come and hang out there with us. Um, you're very welcome. Geekcaring.com forward slash Discord. Come hang out and talk about geeky shit with us. Cool. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, We'll see you again next week for another amazing episode of Keep Caring. Bye. If you like this episode of Keep Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Keep Caring and over on geekcaring.com. 